All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Rodcast. I'm here with Pastor Rod in Tokyo, and today we're talking about the subject of being called by God. Big topic. So, uh, Pastor Rod, I'd, I'd like to open it up with a question.、Um, what does it mean to be called by God? In your own definition, like how would you define being called by God? I, I believe I'm called by God. I believe you're called by God. I believe everyone has a calling by God. So it's it's a universal thing. That's why it should be a universal interest. This subject, what does it mean?、Um, and in the very beginning, we're not going to talk a lot about scripture, but I just want to bring one scripture, which I think we just need to establish. Ephesians one four says, "He God chose us for Himself in Him before the foundation of the world for us to be holy and blameless in love." And so the Paul is talking to a whole church, like everyone, you're all called. <laughs> you, you're all called. You were all called before God even created the world. God saw you. God knew you. So what it means is that we have something on our life that's supernatural, that's beyond the natural, and and it's a calling. And I think it links into some other really key words that I'm sure we're going to talk about in a minute. But I believe everyone is called, and as we discover that calling, we will be satisfied. So is that something that Uh, you know, like it's like a t- like t- almost like gifts, like you're born with them. Or it, like, is every does everyone have a calling? Even someone who doesn't know God yet, I believe so. And I, I think it links in with some really key words,、um, three words, which is、um, gift, temperament, and passion. Three really wonderful words:、um, discovering our gifts, what we're good at, what we're not good at. A temperament because it links in with how we do it, how we interact with people, and passion. How much do you want it to happen?、Um, how much do you want to get up and go? So I think, and then there's another word, destiny, which is the, the a, a concept of the final future.、Um, the answer is I believe everybody has this on their life because everyone has gift, everyone has temperament, and everyone has passion. I believe it's God given. So even for non Christians, those far away, even those anti God, I believe God, the Father, in His love and wisdom, has given everybody these these things, the, in, including a calling to something.、Mm. So, so does that mean, like, obviously, with calling, it sounds like it's something that that, that God is calling you towards. Like, so could you could you miss that if you're if you're not Connected with God, yeah, I think you can miss the purpose.、Um, I don't think you you lose your your gifting, temperament, passion. I think that's gifts. You know, I don't think God is saying you didn't do it. I'm taking it off you because many people who don't know the Lord do great things, discover、mm. great things, accomplish great things. So、mm. I believe God gave them that. But the highest use of it is in God's will. In God's purpose,、mm. fulfilling God's destiny, finally, of why they're on the earth.、Um, so I don't think God like、um, punishes people who don't know Him or don't follow. But it's just it's not the fulfillment of what God wanted right from the beginning. From the beginning of the world, before the world, He called us. That means there's a, a hole for us to fill. That means there's a purpose for us to do, and and there's something to. To make things better, to discover, to to do music, to do science, maths, whatever it is, there's a calling 
that we can't replace. We can't become someone else. There's a unique calling on each of our lives, even for those who don't know the Lord. Um, but when we know God, it's like it, it, it makes something else alive in us. The Holy Spirit comes in and we become alive in those things. So I'm now empowered in my calling, gift, passion, and temperament. So my potential increases my, and, and my, my divine destiny is in place to do the thing I'm supposed to do on the earth. Mm. Does that make sense? Am I? Yeah. yeah. No, too many I think big makes, words? No, 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 no. It sounds good. I, I guess what I'm, what I'm hearing from that is like, you can be successful in, in the gifts and the temperaments and the, th- the things that God has given you from birth, but it may not be linked to something like a supernatural higher kind of purpose, like maybe mm. successful in the world's eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you may may not exactly be lining up with where God has, would ideally like plan for your life to go. Like, yeah. Does, am I making sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some, I mean, in the Bible, there's, there's evidence of people who are very gifted, who are, who both disobey God and, and, and don't want God. And those who really do want God, we have, we have evidence of both those. There's no question. Mm. There's Kings, there's um, prophets, there's all sorts of people who obeyed God fulfilled God's purposes and those who just did it on their own. And I think today there are, there's both those categories. So when you see a really great musician who doesn't know the Lord, they're, they're obviously gifted. I believe God mm. gave those gifts. Now they had to develop it. There is that part too. But I believe innately, whatever we have innately, which means born with, um, you can't escape it, it's just there. I believe that is a God-given gift that I said, as I said, God doesn't repeal it or take it off people. Um, but he'd love them to come to know him, to be empowered in that gift, to bless more people, help more people, fulfill destiny, and and finally go to heaven to be with him forever. That's God's plan, as it says in the book of Ephesians there. From the beginning, God had a plan. From before the world, God had a plan. Mm. And and I don't I don't believe that God plans people to to be born, have great gifts, and they're born to be condemned. I don't believe that. I believe everyone has a choice, but the heightened, heightened sense we read in the Bible are words such as um, anointing or called to do this. It's a heightened level. Jesus called the disciples and sent them to change the world. Um, as we link to God, um, everything within us is heightened or should be heightened, and we also fulfill incredible purposes and bless a lot of people. Mm. Well, I- I, I'm sure you'd feel a similar thing to me, like being a, a pastor of a local church. Like you see, sometimes you meet people who don't know God yet and you think, gosh, wow, With if you were just connected to God, like the things, that, like all that success that you've seen, like at worldly kind of levels, if it was linked to God's purpose, it would be just a whole nother level of, and I guess that's kind of what we're talking about here is there's, there's a spiritual yeah. element beyond the success of the world. and mm. Yeah, and I think every godly gift must, must have an output. Like, I can do things, great things, but I think the, the purposes of God is that we use that to bless other people finally. That, that is truly what God is looking for to reward Christians. That you had some great stuff from God and you recognize it's from God. It's not self-made. I developed it. I got with the right people. 
I honor God with my money, whatever, I fulfill by helping a whole bunch of other people that hopefully will be blessed, be in heaven. So this is the bigger destiny concept for Christians Mm. is that it's not just for me, it is overflow and that we can go to heaven fulfilled, rewarded. Um, We did what God wanted us to do on the earth. Mm. So so would you separate this from things like a a dream, we use these words, a dream or ambition, um, maybe personal vision? Is it kind of different or... Maybe the, the, there's some crossover here, but I, I think there's a lot of crossover. Um, right. I, I don't think we can actually extract one thing from the rest. I think it is okay. interconnected. So as we have more discovery and excitement about who we are and we develop it and we have the right people, I, I just think it heightens everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, our world is, I think our world is much more interconnected. You know, like some people try to remove their their spiritual life to just Sunday or just this. I think that's, I think that's a waste. I think God wants mm. us to integrate or or be organic in what we goals, uh, dreams. It, it's interconnected with the concept that God is in control, God is in charge, um, and feels secure in that. That. He's going to help us. Even if we get off track, we can get back on track. And so the whole thing of a, a, an incredibly wonderful mind, wise and, and, and fatherly and amazing and graceful, linking into that, which is God, and, and seeing everything we've got interconnect. And I think that's also, some people say, that's where stress comes down in life, where our life is integrated rather than separated. So if I'm a Christian but living for God this day but not this day, that's, that's separation. I think that's stressful. Mm-hmm. But when it's integrated, so I've been a pastor for many years, but I've also been a salesman before that, and I integrated God into my sales day. I um, I recognized God was there to help me. I had to learn my craft. I had to learn my product. I had to get on well with people. I had to do my work, I, all of that. But with the integration that God is with me, God is helping me, and I go out every day with God's help. And over time, seeing my success rate increase mm. because of my revelation of what I'm doing and what God's doing. So I just don't think you can separate. You know, you mentioned ambition, and the Bible talks about godly ambition. I think we should all have confidence that what we're doing is godly. Um, if it's not, then what you're doing there, you know? <laughs> yeah. But if I, if I have a rec- recognition, I've got some gifts, I'm enjoying it, I'm growing, I think there should be a more a, a relaxed concept of calling. Mm-hmm. I think we could probably go in this area a little bit more, mm-hmm. but I think there needs to be a, a, a relaxing and revelation of this integration. Does that integration make sense rather than separate? Like, Yep. Um, I think some Christians do separate, and I think it's just unnecessary and stressful. Yeah, and I think it, it doesn't really work. Like it's confusing because you're looking for some kind of uh, supernatural thing that, you know, it's, it's separated from my own desires and emotions and my desires are bad and God's are good. And, mm. and I think that confused me for many years. Mm. And you know, as I've grown and as I've gotten closer to God, I've, I've, I feel like he's put things in me that come out in a sense of calling. And so there are, there maybe are ambitions or p- 
personal vision, but it, it's in line with what God wants because my heart is with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, like, I worry about that, you know, a lot less than, than I did at, as a young person. Uh, could you maybe speak to some of that a, a, a little bit? Yeah, um, I think I think we could all do a lot of things in life. You know, it's, it's the old saying, oh, I wish I had 10 lives because I honestly would have enough energy and passion to do 10 things. Mm. So I think as we learn to discover who we are and, and what the world is all about, um, options will increase. Options should increase. And so I think the stress is not, am I in the will of God, but what's the best thing for me to do? I think that's, that is something we need to pray about and think about, get some godly advice. But as a young salesman, I mentioned before, when I was offered to be a pastor, it was actually a seriously difficult decision. And it mm. wasn't difficult because either were bad. It was difficult because both were good. Mm. And I think I could have really done something good for God and for my family if I'd stayed in sales and um, probably entered into the area of marketing and other things. And um, I, that's not a lesser path. It's not like a pastor is up here and salesman down here. They were equal good choices. What it came to in the end was um, I just felt my major gift is training people. And I think I could spend more of my day training if I was a pastor than a salesman. That was the only thing. Mm. And by the way, becoming a pastor, my salary went in half. I halved my salary overnight. So I had to have the agreement of my wife. Um, We'd just been married one year when I made that decision. And she's a wonderful woman of God. And she prayed and she said, I just will support you on whatever your decision. I know you want to coach and train and the salary doesn't matter. We're going to make that up with other things. Um, But the important thing was it was a a true decision because they were both good things. And I think you could do 10 things, Richard, and we've probably talked about a few of them. Um, And some of them are dreams and visions that we just can't do in one life. So therefore, the, 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 the thing is, Options become more as you're more successful and you know who you are. Options will increase. This is a great thing, and I think it relates to God as Father um, saying to us, what do you want to do? With all the, the gifts I've given you and, and the goodness in you by the Holy Spirit, what would you like to do? Because for me, I believe it truly was a decision God gave me, pastor or salesman, Mm-hmm. And I made the choice for pastor and and no regrets. You just can't, you know, you've just got to make that decision um, and no regrets and just go forward. And we've done that for a long time. Um, so I just think the more you learn, the more you grow, the more options will come. That is the, that's the difficult decision for most Christians, I think. Mm-hmm. Would that be true for you? Like options yeah. increase. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, definitely as you develop g- your gift, like over time, which you should be doing, hopefully everyone's developing their gifts, you're going to become more, more valuable to the world and to the marketplace and to, to, the, to the church or whatever. And so, yeah, you, you, and you're going to know more people. Your network grows. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Opportunities should be increasing. Hmm. Um, and, and yet for me, I feel like personally that my, my sense of call has been also like clarified I don't know if I'd say increasing, but I feel more called to what I'm doing, like a confidence, maybe it's a, a, yeah. a stronger confidence in it. Yeah. Um, and so even though there are more options, 
uh, I'm not really interested. Um, sure. Well, we have to say that when you get on the when you get on that train and go for it, you have got to get rid of the other options. Plan B, Plan C mm. has to diminish. If they don't, you you need to come back to the decision again. Mm-hmm. But I think once we're on the track, we're on the train. We just have to diminish the other options. Um, I mean, I, there's a lot of things that Viv and I could do at this stage in our life. Mm. You know, yeah. um, as I said, options increase. Yeah. Um, but we're on the train. We're going. Um, you know, we're chugging along, um, being blessed. We don't have options B and options C hanging around us. I don't yeah. wake up and think about those options. I think about what God has and moving ahead with that. And that, again, lowers stress, increases productivity um, and, and satisfaction. Mm. So for Christians um, who, who are thinking through the options and plan A and plan B, um, my advice would be just go really straight ahead. You know, that's, there's a great scripture there, um, Psalm 119, 105. It says, God, you're a, a light to my path and a lamp to my feet. And they didn't. Their lamp wasn't a torch or a car light. It was a little lamp. So the the light there projecting forward is not great, but the lamp to my feet is clear on the next step. And I think the the lamp is the. I'm moving forward. I don't know all the things in the future, of course. None of us, none of us do. But I'm moving forward, and God's word is this lamp to my feet. Take the next step. Take the next step. If I'm second guessing and is that my calling and all this, that is so hard to make forward motion. Mm. So my advice is when you're on when you're on that train going ahead with your wife or husband and uh, singles, just going ahead, just take the next step rather than stop. Oh, am I in the right? Um, yeah, move ahead. Just keep moving ahead, and then God could clarify a change. There could there could be changes there. I think this pandemic's been a change out mm. of the blue totally out of the blue um unexpected um we're all we're all doing well and then all of a sudden uh the, the now we have we're not changing trains it's just the track has taken a new direction that whoa we're going this way now um i've got to make my gift calling work in that environment as a christian leader i've got to call people to do the same thing come on let's stay mm. on the train let's keep going there is a change in the track but um we're going forward. Mm. And I think even these like times like the pandemic when things are getting difficult or it's not the way that we expected, like there is a there is a test on the call. Yeah. And I think uh I think you know you can pass that test and come out of it with an even clearer uh sense of call or confidence in that. Um even though there are other options or um yeah, the world is changing and Maybe things were not the way you expected. Um, definitely, I think that that tests can be a can be a good thing. Um, I think I think tests are essential things. I, I think that if we're trying to if we're trying to protect people from all of life's tests, people will be very too, they're too covered. I, I think as a parent, you don't want people to experience danger, but I think we cannot make decisions for people growing up. Um, and as, as adults as well, we have to help them in the process of decision-making um, and tests are a big part of life. None of us who are successful has evaded tests. We've all had them, um, you know, tests in maths or tests in whatever you do. You've got to do it to go to the next level. 
And and nowhere in the Bible does God say, I will take the tests away from you, my son or daughter. Never. Mm. <laughs> so some Christians, in fact, I think we need to warn the Christians that, that are under our care. Expect tests. Um, what are you going to do in the test? Let's get strong. Let's journal. Let's seek God. Let's get some scriptures. Let's get get some prayer. And in the test, you need some friends. Get people ready for the test. I was just talking last night to some pastors from Europe, and I said the same thing to them, and they said, oh, that's an interesting thought. And I thought, no, no, I've always had tests. Um, <laughs> some of the people who know my testimony, I was severely tested on day one of being a Christian. I was a fireman, and someone who didn't like me becoming a Christian hit me in the nose. Um, I don't wish that on anybody. I, I wouldn't expect that. But what are you going to do? What, you, what are you going to do when things don't go your way? And so we have to develop strength, strength. The Bible talks about strengthening, strengthening disciples, strengthening young people, young men becoming strong, young women becoming strong. Um, and testing times are essential for all of that to develop. You know, some of the greatest people on the earth have been through the greatest tests. Um, mm. And we, call, we, we admire that. We read that bi- biography. We say, right. wow. That's what we like in movies where there's a crisis, a test, and our hero or heroine goes through that test and we go, wow, that feels so great. So I just think to try to evade tests is useless. Mm-hmm. We have to prepare people for tests, not, not be overly you know, negative and say, well, you're, gonna, you're doing well, but the tests are coming. I, I just, I, I'm not saying that, but teaching when the tests come, it doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean God's bad. We just have to get through the test and get through it stronger. And I think that's this pandemic right now is testing mm. a generation, Richard. I think you're a millennial and there's after you the Gen Z and mm-hmm. some people are saying this generation has never seen a world test, a world problem. Mm. I don't wish it on anyone, but we're in it. Yep. And I think it will define this generation. What did you do in the test? Uh, how did you go? Um and if you did well, you're able to say to others, it was hard, but I did well by doing this and this and this. And this will be the next books and the next blogs and podcasts that we want to hear about. What did you do in the test? Um, I think it's it's hugely important we talk about it and, and, and engage young people and and say, what, what will you do in the test? You know, Jesus spoke about the, the, the parable of the four soils, the four hearts. And he said, you know, the first one didn't listen. The second type of heart listened and went, wow, this Jesus stuff is amazing, Bible, amazing. And then it says when the test comes, they quickly fall away. They lose their joy. They lose their passion. Um, my, my response to that is let's tell people tests will come and mm. prepare them and say, in the test, this is my advice, stay close to God, get up and read the Bible, phone a friend, like early on before the test and people will look at us going what um and I, I think here in japan we've you know many young christians have been so so surprised when the test came and not knowing what to do at all we have to prepare mm. people for testing and that's a long answer but it's probably really yeah. important in this area mm-hmm. is that being tested doesn't mean you're out of god's will mm-hmm. at all we're all in this pandemic we're all being tested and there's kind of different, there's different types of tests, isn't there? There's like the tests of like success and having options to kind of follow a different path, like being tempted to, to go down a, another attractive path or 
then there's a test of like challenges on your path. Um, so yeah, it seems to be like multiple tests. I don't know. You might have some thoughts on some other ones as well, but they're the kind of two big ones I can think of as challenges and then, op- you know, other opportunities or options. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of tests, but yeah, that's they're two of the big ones for those of us who are on on the right path. I mean, some people have are tested because they were on the wrong path, and right. Hopefully, that test will help correct that. That's another right. use of the word of God. If mm. a wrong relationship or a wrong decision, um, what do we do? Well, learn from the test and get back on the path. And you know, um, John Maxwell, one of our great heroes, teachers, says, you know. Um, it's normal for people to make the same uh, error once, but it's not normal to make the same error twice. In other words, learning. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so we're all going to fail and make errors, but learn quickly, learn fast, and say, I'm not going to get on that again. And, and, and the best way to learn is from other people's errors and say, whoa, that, that is something I need to learn without going through it. Um, you know, it's sort of like... Um, me as a young person watching someone, you know, um, you know, do something on a skateboard and they come off and, you know, note to self, that hurts, you know. Right. I don't have to come off the skateboard to learn that lesson. Silly, silly example, but it's true. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, le- learning lessons well, learning them fast, learning them the first time. Otherwise, they repeat and that mm-hmm. test then becomes um, – a product of not learning that's a different thing but mm-hmm. learning through tests growing discussion with great people the journaling seeking god i think will prevent us from making multiple errors and so the test then becomes shorter becomes less frequent but again that this pandemic is is unavoidable for all of us we're in it we're in the world um this sort of test is universal and it's universal to a generation so we as leaders have to help these young generation know that tests to come, problems mm-hmm. come. It's what Jesus said, that they're going to come, but it's not the end. And stay with God and you'll get through it. So, I mean, you mentioned a few things there, journaling and uh, having good people around you. Do you have a summary of, a, of maybe a few just practical things that would help people stay you know, on, on the call of God for their life? Any, anything just quickly? Yeah, we, we have this thing called journaling in Lifehouse. You can call it whatever you want, a devotional time with God. Um, mm-hmm. But w- we basically say just five minutes, just five minutes with God, reading the next scripture and saying, God, what would you say to me? God, what would you say to me? Um, every day. And sometimes on the good days, you think, well, I'm doing well, I don't need that. But the good days, the good days prepare you for the bad days. Mm-hmm. So on the good days, just I just say keep keep looking, keep learning, and on a hard day, you might want to look up a scripture that you recorded. Um, you know, there's a, there's a great scripture one one Peter five ten. It says, after you have suffered a little while, he himself will come and restore you and make you strong and reestablish you. I love that scripture. It, it's saying when when this time of testing um, comes and goes, you're going to get stronger. And, and I want to be strong. I want to be stronger by reading God's word and praying simply every day and forgiving people every day and staying on the path every day and making strong decisions, especially in the area of relationships, 
um, obviously with my own wife and my kids, but right relationships, keeping it every day. Um, that's what I would advise people. These are really important, simple things every day that make for a great life. Mm. Maybe, maybe just one last question. What, what advice would you have for someone who wants to discover their call or understand that more but at any age? Because yeah. I, I think that it's not just young people. Um, I think there are some really good online um, self-discovery things. We do one which has got various names, Briggs-Myers. Or we, we, we do it during our GROW course for those who join LifeHouse. It's just 16 personality styles. We've discovered uh, that for ourselves. And then a lot of people that do it just have fun. It's not like some serious thing of, oh, am I doing the wrong thing? It's discovery that, wow, there's a lot of people like me and and this is like me and, and wow, I'm normal and I like who I am more. I think there are some of those. And then I think that we need to discover what our passion is because sometimes we're good at something, but we're not going to, continue it and we're not going to make a career out of it you know like for me I was good at maths in high school I won an award but I didn't enjoy studying maths at university so I switched to languages and cultures so being good at something is not your passion but I mean you can't be bad and have passion in it that's there's no future in that but so this combination of gift and then passion follow through just want to keep getting up you're a musician. I'm sure you've had to learn to get up and practice your voice and practice your guitar and you become a better, but you've, you've enjoyed it. it. It's hard work, but you enjoy it. I think that's what we discover. So personal gift, temperament, what am I good at? What, are, what do I have follow through in and what don't I have follow through in is really important. And then you need friends. You know, I think we've all seen those old um, America's Got Talent or one of those and the judge says to a very bad singer, don't you have any friends? A <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, lot of truth in that. Um, don't you have any friends that said to you, you can't sing, um, but you're really good at engineering? Well, you wonder about their parents. Like, <laughs> have you been encouraged your whole life to do this? Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I say to people, I love my mum so much, but I couldn't trust her because she, I was good at everything in my right. mum's eyes. Okay. <laughs> Um, thanks, mum. You're my greatest encourager, but mm. I need some other voices too. Right. And uh, yes, that's exactly what you're saying. So we need friends, godly friends that say, you know, you're good at this. That's why I love the local church and yeah. serving the Lord with gladness because we, we serve and we put do things, putting out chairs, serving coffee, helping people, delivering food. We discover some passion in practical things as well in the local church. I think it's a great place of discovery for our Lifehouse people, hey? Mm, absolutely. Well, I think uh, this is an exciting discussion and um, I'm sure we could go on for a long time uh, talking about this big topic. But um, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom and a bit of your story there. And I guess everyone can look forward to the next episode of the Rodcast. See you there. Thanks, Pastor Rod. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.
Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time. Thank you.